Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you the book. <laughs> you grabbed your Bibles. John chapter 4, if you will. Let's go to John chapter 4. Are you ready for the word tonight? God is so good. Yeah, over 60 firebrands last night in our Evangelism 101 training last night. Can you say praise the Lord? I want to speak the next few moments. I don't know how long I'll go. Promise I won't go past midnight. And the church said amen. I want to talk to you about moving into the greatest harvest. Moving into the greatest harvest for the next few moments. I want to preach. I don't just want to talk. I want to preach to you. I want to preach the powerful word of God because the Word of God is anointed. This is such a powerful story that we're about to engage in. It's an epic story. It's a, it's a story about the transformation of hearts. And the transformation of hearts actually yields forth to the transformation and the breaking open of an entire region and a city with the gospel. It's such a beautiful story because as we look at the story, what we find is that maybe, perhaps, you might think that the Lord chooses the most unlikely candidate to actually bust open a region. And I submit to you tonight that the Holy Spirit is still brooding over this city and over this region, and God is going to ignite some of the most unlikely candidates to break open this city. No. Come on, let's do it tonight. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's anointed. Bless the hearer. Let the anointing run like fire in this house tonight. Amen. And therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that, uh, yes, there it is. There's so much writing in my, my Bible, I have to be careful. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. Notice that. He was training them how to do it. He left Judea. He departed again for Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. That's important tonight. If you're taking notes, you need to write this word down, positioning. The reason why Jesus had need of going to Samaria is because he had the harvest on his mind. Right? Are you with me tonight? So they came to the city of Samaria, which is also called Sakar. And I want you to write this down tonight. Sakar means a place of drunkenness. It means a place of intoxication. That's what Sakar means. A place of drunkenness. A place of intoxication. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey, he sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour, and the woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Notice that Jesus initiates. This is important to see. Jesus initiates. Give me a drink of water. For the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, and the woman of Samaria said to him, well, uh, how is it that you being Jew ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman for the Jews? Hey, you know the drill. They don't have any dealings with the Samaritans. What is Jesus doing here? He's breaking the cultural boundaries. That's what he's doing. 
I, I write it down tonight. He's breaking the cultural boundaries. He's reaching across the line tonight. Jesus is not really good at social distancing. <laughs> Come on, can I get three amens in this house tonight? There you are. Jesus didn't really give a rip about this social distancing stuff. He was on a mission. He was hungry for the harvest. He knew what his assignment was. He knew what his mission was, but she was confused. What are you doing talking to me? What are you doing talking to me? You're going to get that, all you firebrands, as you get out on the streets. What are you doing talking to me? I'll tell you why I'm talking to you, because God highlighted you, and this is what the Lord wants you to know. Come on. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, it says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, uh, you don't have anything to, to, to draw with, and this well is so deep. And so where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered unto her and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, uh, give me this water. <laughs> Sir, uh, give me this water. That's right. Give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. Now I love this because this is the, this is the direct approach and this is the prophetic approach. Jesus is now moving her out of the shallow end of the pool. They're swimming past the buoys. Now they're going to the deep in the pool, and Jesus is about ready to drop some bombs. Are you ready? Here we go. Are you ready? There you are. And the woman answered and said to him, Well, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Well, yeah, you've said well. You have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. Yeah, and so in this you have spoken truly. <laughs> Whoa. And the woman said to him, Sir, uh, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> I love that. Whoa, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you, will wor you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. I love this. I love how Jesus said that he had come to reveal the Father. And we engage in something so amazing about the character and the nature of our Father. He wanted us to know this. I seek those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm not, I'm not even interested about a bunch of religious services. 
I'm not interested in that. You read the book of Amos, you'll see that very clear. God's not really into just going through the motions and, and all the ceremonial celebration service unless it comes from a heart of spirit and truth. You know, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. Are you hearing me? You can jump up and down, but baby, when your feet hit the ground, you better be walking straight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can jump up and down all you want and worship, but baby, when your feet hit the ground, you better be walking straight. Okay, I'm just trying you on tonight to see how you're doing there. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. I love how this conversation is evolving because as he's speaking, something is brewing up on the inside of her. Are you catching it? It's brewing up. It's hitting her. And she, she takes the conversation to this. I know the Messiah is coming. Now they're in the deepest end of the pool. Who, who is called the Christ. When he comes... He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is so awesome. That's right. Hallelujah. And at this point, here we go. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled. Look at that. They marveled that he talked to the woman. Yet no one said anything. What do you seek? Why are you talking to her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see. Come see a man. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and they came to him. And in the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. Now, remember, they went into the city to get food, right? They've come back with food. Now they're trying to encourage Jesus. Uh, Jesus, eat. Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know of. Therefore his disciples said to one another, I, I, I didn't realize he had a Snickers bar hidden in his sash. I didn't know he had granola bars with him this whole time. I, we were walking. I didn't. I had no clue. Uh, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Oh, my, that's so strong. My food is to do the will of him. My food, my food, my nourishment, my secret source of power is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then Jesus goes on. So do not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white unto harvest. I said this last night. We have a problem of always saying that it's coming. It's always coming. We have a problem in the church of saying it's, it's coming. It's coming. Rather... As Bryn just accurately prayed, awakening is here. And the harvest is here. 
It's ready. We are entering into this hour right now. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit into eternal life. And he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Grab hold of that. In this saying it is true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans in the city believed in him, watch this, because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So the Samaritans had come to him. They urged him to stay with them. And they stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his own word. Last verse for tonight. Ready? Verse 42. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe. Not because of what you said. For we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ. The Savior of the world. so awesome i love the story i love the story powerful story the lord how, knows how to break open a city the lord knows how to break open and bring transformation to a region and it comes by transforming a heart because transformed people are able to then be anointed to transform cities a transformed church a transformed church will have the anointing and the power to transform a city and a region. Are you with me tonight? I want you to think about this concerning the disciples. How many of you are enjoying the chosen? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Me too. When I think about the disciples and I think about the chosen, I think about how Jesus put them into new and sudden situations all the time. He was always putting them, let's just say, in an uncomfortable place, all right? They didn't really know how everything was going to play out. They had to learn how to become very adaptable. They had to learn how to become very flexible. They had never been put into these kind of situations before. They had never had a master like Jesus before come walking into their life. They had to be adaptable to the situation. They had to be in flux. You've heard me say many times, blessed are the flexible, for they shall bend and not break. It's not scripture, but it sure works, right? It's true. They had to learn how to be flexible. They had to watch. They had to learn. They had to serve. They had to grow. They had to be, they had to, uh, be adaptable to move into places that was uncomfortable for them that would actually demand change. Now, I'm speaking to you prophetically. I'm not romantically talking about history. I'm talking about the Lord grabbing hold of us and moving us into a realm at, at this time as we are being transformed into a new wineskin so that we're able to be adaptable and flexible and that we would be a people who is changeable and a, and a people who can say, God, I'm willing for you to stretch me. Come on. Are you with me tonight? Jesus had to teach them the ways of the supernatural. Jesus had to teach them the ways of faith, 
how to see the world in totally new eyes, how to be expectant for the kingdom of God to break in upon them at any moment. I love this. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I am actually sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. But what I love about this is that Jesus was always working with them. He was always out there working with them. And then he would send them out two by two. And he would work with them. And again, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. That's pretty decent coffee, so it's okay. Mark 16, go there with me. Mark 16, 20. It's going to be behind me. Throw it in your notes tonight. You all still with me? Mark 16, verse 20. And they went out, this is the disciples, and they went out, it's for you, Bob. <laughs> they went out, the chosen, the disciples, and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Don't you love that? They went preaching out everywhere, but the Lord was working with them. Guys, we are coming into a time of the greatest harvest on planet earth. And God is not commissioning us because we're so wise, because we're so great, because we're so cutting edge, you know, because we're so cool, because we're just so gifted. Guess what? It's none of that. It's all in the anointing. It's all in the anointing. Jesus says, without me, you can do. Let's get a real good grip on that, can we? Can we get a real good grip on that? Without him, we can do nothing. We, we don't come in here and rest on people's gifts and what we're doing. We're resting this church on the very presence and the essence of Jesus. Hallelujah is right. Come on, brother. Somebody shout a hallelujah tonight. The Lord is going to work with us in the harvest field. Come on, get excited about this. The Lord is going to work with us. The Lord is going to work with us in the fields, and he's going to accompany us with signs and wonders because signs and wonders follow them that believe. Signs and wonders don't follow those who move in doubt and unbelief. Signs and wonders follow them that believe. Say, I'm a believer. Come on, pinch somebody next to you. Say, guess what? I'm a believer. Go ahead, Jill. Pinch Sky really hard for me. Yeah, that was good. Real revival. Real, rev <laughs> real revival and real harvest is messy. How about that? Put that in your notes. That's a good one. Real revival and real harvest. I heard somebody say, that's true. It's not nice and neat. It's not even sanitary. I, I, you know, what's funny is you, I, I watch Matthew. He's, he's so intriguing to me in The Chosen. I absolutely love him. But, but he's just so germaphobic and, and his shoes and his doors and, and, and the handles on the door and his little tissues and wiping his shoes and, and all of those little intricacies. And Jesus is just stretching him, stretching him, stretching him like, bro, I'm going to bring you on the journey of your life. I'm going to stretch you so far out. You, man, I'm spitting tonight really bad. <laughs> For those of you that are watching online, I hope you didn't see that. That was showers of blessings. 
But I love how Jesus, <laughs> I love how Jesus desires to stretch us. He desires for us to grow. I, I love the statement out of the chosen, get used to different. It's so good, get used to different. Well, we have to understand this. Every revival leader needs to hear this. Every revivalist needs to hear this, okay? You have to learn how to live with the uncomfortable. Put it in your notes. I've got to begin to learn how to live with the uncomfortable. There's so much about the ministry that makes me uncomfortable. Seriously, there's so much about the ministry that makes me personally uncomfortable. But if we're going to move and be adaptable, if we're going to move and be changeable and flow with God and be a strong impact upon this city, we're going to have to get used to being uncomfortable. Preaching uncompromised truth, confronting the spirit of this age. Hello, are you with me tonight? Confronting the deception of this age, healing the sick, casting out demons, prophesying, creating justice for other people, loving the unlovable, touching the untouchables is always, always going to be risky business. And we're going to have to learn how to be uncomfortable with it. And that means we need an atmosphere and a culture of trust. We need an atmosphere and a culture of trust that we trust one another and we trust the Holy Spirit amongst us to lead the way. We trust the Holy Spirit to clean people up. We don't try to micromanage people, right? Christianity is not behavioral modification. Christianity is not a sin management program. Christianity is the transformation of a human life from the inside out. Let the Holy Spirit do His ministry. There's going to be a lot of people coming in here. They're going to be saved. They're going to be healed. They're going to be water baptized. It's going to happen. This church is going to grow, 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 grow. We're coming into the greatest harvest, guys. We're coming in to the greatest harvest. We're coming in to the greatest harvest. This is risky business. You're going to be uncomfortable. Some of you are going to come to me from time to time. And I'm going to remind you, I'm uncomfortable too. You're going to say, this bothers me. Okay, I get it. This bothers me too. I like that. <laughs> Did somebody say, put me in, coach? I love that. I don't know who said that, but I love that. Way to go, Mike. Come on, Mike. ha <laughs> You know, when leaders work hard at playing it safe, and there's a lot of leaders throughout America along the landscape of churches throughout this country, they're playing it very safe right now. They're playing their cards very safe. If you try to play it safe, if you try to create an atmosphere that's, that is uh, a, a culture of accommodation, 
to make people feel comfortable, I'll guarantee you this, that atmosphere will be sterile and barren of miracles. God does not want victory at church of his presence to be barren of miracles. There's a greater glory that the Holy Ghost is courting us into, full, full of miracles, signs, wonders, healings, breakthroughs, dimensions in revelation, dimensions of revelation and power in the Spirit of God that He's calling us to. It's time to get busy about the Father's real business. There's no time to waste. What I love about Jesus, Jesus was masterful at kingdom connections. And he was masterful at kingdom connections outside of the church or what? Outside of the synagogue. He was amazing at walking into a city and identifying by the, by the Holy Spirit the right people. You know, this, this uh, chief tax collector called Zacchaeus, this little guy climbing up in a tree and Jesus saying, hey, I, I want to go to your house. I want to have supper at your house. Jesus going into the city of Nain walking up to a funeral and uh man he really knows how to be a, a a real downer to a funeral lays his hand up on the coffin while they're walking out while while the widow is mourning her son reaches up and the, the boy raises up and comes to life jesus knows how to wreck a city are you still with me jesus knows who to find jesus knows who to torch not just to touch he knows who to torch he went to that well on purpose she was undesirable. She, she had a story. Everybody knew her story in the village. She had a problem. She had a problem with men. She was a tabloid girl. You went to the grocery store. She was there in all those little magazines in the rack. Yep, she's moved on to another guy. You know, you just went up to grab another bag of M&Ms, and there she is again. My God, she's on man number four. Now she's on man number five. It's like watching Brad Pitt's marriages. It's like watching Tom Cruise. Uh, he, uh, he's with another woman. Now he's married. He's, what, he's up to 15. I, who knows? But you know what? You know what? Jesus picked someone who might have been probably the most unlikely candidate to ignite an entire city and region. Are you with me tonight? Try this one on for size. This is in Mark 5. Mark chapter 5, there's a story of a man that this is one of my favorite miracles. There's a man that's bound in chains, running around naked. He's got some serious problems. He needs to go through some sozo and some inner healing. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The guy is running around buck naked. He's got chains all over him. He's running in a region called the region of the Gadarenes, which is right off of the Sea of Galilee, and no one can hold him down, and he lives amongst the tombs. And Jesus steps off the boat into the region of the Gadarenes, and this man is filled with thousands of demons, yet it cannot keep the man from running down the hill to the sea and falling before Jesus and throwing up his hands and worshiping him. Isn't that awesome? That's what the presence of God will do. Are you catching it? 
They're going to they're gonna walk into this atmosphere. They're going to be living a life of a lesbian life for 15, 20 years, a homosexual life, drug addiction, heroin, opioids, all of it. They're going to walk into the presence of God, and nothing is going to keep them down. Nothing. Nothing. They're going to bow down and worship the king of glory. Freedom! This is the pattern. This is the pattern for ministry. <laughs> it's awesome. Jesus takes them to Sychar. Talk amongst yourself. I just need a quick swig. Jesus takes, <laughs> and we're back. Jesus takes them. Justice. Jesus takes them to a place. Justice. So Jesus takes, <laughs> that's for some of you that understand even what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> it was from the torch this week, the podcast. So anyway, we're back. We're really back. So Jesus takes them through. I'm trying to get back. Jesus takes them through Sychar. And what does it mean? It means place of intoxication, place of drunkenness. Let's just, let's just say it like this. I'm going to take you through the wild side. And here's the question for us tonight. Who wants to go and do evangelism 101 on the wild side? Answer to the question, not the disciples. Everybody got that? Has that landed? Not the disciples. They were bothered by it. Lord, you want to go this way? Are you serious? You want, you want to go through Samaria? You want to go through Sychar? Jesus says, I have need of going through there. I have need of going through there. And I want you to go into the city as you go and get the food. Are you seeing this? Jesus says, I'm going to hang out here by the well, and you go in there. They... We don't know all of the intricacies of the conversation, but I guarantee you they were a little uncomfortable. They were a little nervous. They were bothered. These Jewish boys, young ladies, young men walking into Sychar, the wild side. Are you with me tonight? But yet Jesus knew his mission. Here was the mission, and it's found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke 19 and 10. I love it when the fans kick off. It helps me concentrate. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let it burn. Let, my friend, let it burn in your soul tonight. Let it burn in your soul. Jesus said, here's my mission. I have come to seek and I've come to save that which was lost. What is he saying? I'm going treasure hunting. I am going treasure hunting. I am going to find the treasures. I am going to find the pearls. Nothing's going to stop me. I am coming to seek and save. And victory, we are on a divine mission right now daily. We are on a divine mission right now. We are missionaries in this field. Grab a hold of that. You are a missionary in this field right now are we good back there are we still rolling are we live everything's cool good deal way up there in the balcony <laughs> matthew 9 i want you to go there matthew 9 i'm going to begin to read at verse 35 and we're rounding the bend we're almost there tonight 
Verse 35, then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness. Don't you miss that? You might need to underline that in your scripture. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Mm. He was moved with compassion because they were weary and they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Just before I read these next verses, before we went into this meeting, I had to eat something today. I finally went into um, Chipotle. Hallelujah. Now you felt the anointing. And I watched this young, beautiful African-American couple come in. I watched them order their food. She was highly, she was major pregnant. She was major pregnant. I thought, oh my gosh, she is due. She could pop in here while we're eating. And I watched them and they sat down right by me. We kind of nodded and uh, looked at each other, greeted each other. And I was just sitting there and I, I began to watch them. I could tell they were weary. They were weary from the journey. They were scattered. I felt compassion for them because the baby's coming, but they're weary. So I said, hey, so when are you due? She said, oh, my gosh, I'm due any day. I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's, I said, so is this your first baby? She said, oh, no, this is number two. I said, oh, how old your first? And he said, one. And I said, oh, wow. And they said, yeah, this is a COVID baby. I didn't like that declaration. I sure broke that in private. <laughs> this is a COVID baby, and, and our other is a, is a COVID baby. And I said, well, we've had a little bit of time on our hands. <laughs> of course. <laughs> They thought that was pretty funny, actually. It really broke the ice. <laughs> We've had a little time on our hands. So we began to talk, and then I just began to just speak over them and just, just tell them this, this delivery is going to be wonderful. Life's going to be wonderful. God's going to be restoring the joy over your life, over your family, your children. They're going to be so bonded. It was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. I, I got away from my chips and my salsa, and I felt compassion. I saw they were weary. Guys, we're, we're a mission field every day. God wants us to be sharp. He wants us to be alert. He wants us to, he wants us to awaken every day and get in the Holy Ghost, get in the flow Get in the flow of the Holy Ghost so that we are sharp and that when we step out of our house and we begin to flow in and out of companies, in and out of businesses, when we're making interface and transactions with people that we're sharp and we're watching and we're discerning what is going on all around us and who is all around us so that we can begin to touch and release words of life. You still with me tonight? I told a story. This is kind of humorous. I told a story last night in our evangelism class. Last week, I was out jogging, and I need to be doing some more jogging. <laughs> but I was out jogging, and um, as, I'm, as I'm jogging there, um, I, I heard a car coming behind me, and, and I, I turned, and I looked, and this young man was just, just driving right up behind me, acting like he was going to hit me and run me off the road. And so I kind of moved over, and he kind of laughed, had a stereo up kind of laughed at me and then pulled right in front of me again and he parked he went into the lane that I was jogging in and he parked on the side of the road 
And I saw this young girl walk out of her garage. There were three or four girls in the garage. And I saw this girl get all excited, and she had some money in her hand. I could see her as I was jogging. She was fiddling with some money, and she was looking around. And then she caught my eyes, and I caught her eyes. And she was walking down like, huh, huh, this guy's walking. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? I saw what she was doing. And so I jog up to the car and I, I look over right at her and I just stare at her and she's like, what are you staring at? I said, what are you staring at? She said, what are you staring at? I said, what are you staring at? She said, you're effing stupid. I said, not as stupid as you are about to buy those drugs from this young man. She said, you're effing stupid. I said, no. You're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I said, furthermore, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stand right here. She told me I was stupid again. I said, no, no, no. You're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That guy put it in drive and just took off. <laughs> Isn't that fun? That's just how it works. God wants us alert. He wants us sharp. He wants us invading situations. Come on, are you with me tonight? He wants us invading situations. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, Lord, send me. And then he said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know how I want you to respond tonight? I want you to say, don't shout it, but I just want you to say, Lord, send me. Lord, Lord, send me. Send me. See, you guys, we cannot be just thinking about the realm of the church any longer. Do you know that the kingdom is a lot bigger than the church? I'm going to say that one more time. Did you know that the kingdom of God is a lot bigger than the church? Did you know that the kingdom of God is a lot bigger than the church? Are you getting this tonight? God is calling us and anointing us to go forth, guys, to transform schools. To transform education. To transform neighborhoods. To transform the city government, to transform the county government, to transform the marketplace and the business place. He's calling us to transform our beaches. The Lord is calling us out into every social field imaginable. And it may be uncomfortable. It's going to get messy. Are you still with me? It's going to get messy. It's going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to close with just this story concerning Wales. The revival that happened in Wales, it happened in 1904. I've done a lot of years of study on this revival concerning Evan Roberts, and I, I encourage you to do the same. <clears throat> the nation of Wales, we know that Wales is a part of the, the United Kingdom, Britain, Ireland, Scotland. But in 1904, Evan Roberts, he was a boy. He left school at 11 years of age to work with his father in the coal mines. In his early 20s, he, he became a blacksmith. Everything okay, Doug? Great. 
He became a blacksmith, and he was hungry for God. This young guy was growing up. He was hungry for God, and he began to encounter the Lord in the Scriptures. This is his early 20s. Evan started encountering the Lord and actually grew in the fear of the Lord. He started developing a deep conviction. This is his early 20s. Hear this. In his early 20s, he was developing a deep, burning conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction for holiness. At 25 years of age, Evan Roberts began to encounter the Lord. He started having heavenly revelations. He would be in prayer from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. through the night. He started having encounters with the Lord. He was taken into heaven and had heavenly visions, heavenly encounters, angelic encounters, encounters with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him a very peculiar word. He got up in his church, which is called Mariah Chapel there in Wales. He declared to the church, there were 17 people in the building. You know, God doesn't just move in, in, in a mega facility. God declared something from a 25-year-old young man who was a burning torch for God to 17 people. And history tells us he told his pastor he needed, listen to this, he told his pastor that he needed to make a special um, declaration, a special announcement to the church, and the pastor forgot all about it and dismissed the church, and while people were walking out and leaving, he looked over at Evan and remembered and said, oh, by the way, Evan's got an announcement, and so many people had filed out of the church. There were 17 people left. They sat down. Evan Roberts got up and made this declaration the Lord had told him. He said, revival is about ready to burst forth and hit the nation of Wales. And everything will be changed. And he said, in the next three months, the kingdom of God is going to come crashing into this nation and there will be over 100,000 people saved in Wales. The prophecy was true. The encounter was true. In fact, over 150 thousand people in three months came into the kingdom a hundred think of that think what would happen if 150,000 people were saved in the next three months in Sarasota Bradenton Manatee area think just think of think of that think of that we're making plans right now to help be a host church and help with other churches to bring Todd White into our region we're he, come on He's coming here January or February of 2022. We were on a Zoom call with them last night. He'll be coming to this region. Churches are going to, going to come together. They have one to three to 5,000 people saved every time they do these weekends. Now we're, what they're saying, post-COVID, and they're just going to test the waters, and they, they believe God has spoken to them to come, of all cities, Sarasota, Florida. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit changed Wales. It changed Wales so much that it shut down every single tavern. It shut down, literally. 
we're not evangelistically speaking. This is history. This really happened. It shut down every tavern in the region. It shut down national sports of soccer and rugby. Even the theaters were closed down, completely shut down. And the Lord swept over the nation of Wales. The story goes on and on and on and on. This was a revival of young people who were radically impacted by the presence of Jesus. And their services would go on for hours on end, hours on end, hours. You know, it just really might cut against the grain of our silly one-hour services in America. And we call that pretty cool. We've got great coffee. We're just culturally relevant. You can come in for an hour and you can do 17 minutes of worship and a little scoop of scripture, you know, with a drop of honey in it. And you can, we'll just get you on your way. That's not what was happening in Wales. They went hour upon hour. They go. They would worship. They would worship three hours, four hours. And Evan Roberts would be down in the front. He wouldn't even be on the stage. He would be down in front worshiping amongst the people. And, and people would be looking. This is true. People would be looking in the crowd and just saying, who is Evan Roberts? Where is Evan Roberts? He was supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be leading all of this. And he would just stay down here and just let worship go on two hours, three hours, four hours finally get up and preach you know that's just called like weeding the crowd let's just weed them out let's just wait them out let's just let's just wait them out let's really see who really wants God I'm telling you what that's my address I'm looking for people who really want God I don't want to have a church of three four five thousand and they're all dead I want, to, I want to have a church where people want God. They're there for God. You said it tonight. They want God. We're here for God. Hundred and fifty thousand people came into the kingdom. Man. And I want to give you Evan's message that day, what he said in Mariah Chapel. I'm going to give you four things quickly. Number one. He said, this is what our generation needs to do. He said, we need to confess all known sin to God. That's number one. And receive the forgiveness that he offers through Jesus Christ. That was number one. Confess all known sin to God and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Number two, remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. Number two, remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. Just let go of it. You feel that? You get it? Just let go of it. Let it out of your life. It, you know, it's amazing. The reason that some people can't go to the next level is because they're so comfortable living a life around carnal people. They can't break relationships with carnal people. They, and the Holy Spirit keeps beckoning them and calling them out and calling them out. But they can't break the soul ties of carnal, soulish, worldly people. So when you hear remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or you feel unsure about, that also includes dangerous relationships that just keep holding you back. 
Number three, Evan Roberts. Number three, be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Guys, here it is. Whatever he tells you to do, do it and do it in the fear of the Lord. And do it with expectation. God is also going to reward your faith. Be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. This goes for everybody. Guys, I, in this season, this has been such a radical, the last year and a half has rattled everyone's cages, especially those in the ministry. I've got friends, I've got friends around the country who have had to close down their churches. People left, the money left, the money, you know, things dried up. Terrible stuff. I've got friends who used to be in the ministry now out working secular jobs. This has rattled everybody. This has touched everybody. You, those in, those in leadership, those in the ministry, I'm telling you, it goes on and on. I've been asking the Lord directly, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I want to be obedient to that. I want to be humble before the Lord. And I want to be courageous to do the right things in this hour. I know you do too. I know you do. I know the caliber of the people that come to this church. Number four, number four, Evan Roberts. He said, publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that. This is where we're about to close. Publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Could it happen again? Could it happen again? Could it happen again? Could God come in such a way that he literally captures a city and captures a region? Could God transform a region? I want you to dream about it. I want you to think about it all the time. I want you to dream about it. I want you to think about it. The Lord transforming this city and this region. I want you to dream about it all the time. I want you to say in your prayer time, Holy Spirit, obsess me with your obsess me with your dream for this region. Show me what you long to do. That you would start dreaming into this. Start dreaming into this. I've had many dreams throughout the years that I was preaching in Robarts Arena. They couldn't even put another body in the room. It seats 5,000 with, with the floor. I've had many dreams of me thundering and preaching and sweating and the power of God being on display. I remember a dream I had. This will take us back about a year. Jill, you'll remember this. And everybody was ministering in the altars. And I remember seeing you. And you were on this side of the stage. And I remember you praying for people down in the altar specifically. Power of God moving. There were other people in the dream. But I remember specifically telling you about that. Something's coming, guys. I've never been more encouraged about the harvest than right now. It's coming. Oh, wait, wait. I better fix my preaching. It's here. It's here. It's here, Nathan. It's here for such a time as this. It's here. It's here. We're coming into this. We're coming into this. 
I believe that we're preparing the way, guys. We collectively, we're preparing the way to enter into something glorious, a greater glory, the harvest of the ages. The Holy Spirit is hungry for cities. You got two more minutes in you? Please, just look this way. Two more minutes. The Holy Spirit is hungry for cities. The Holy Spirit is, is hungry to transform entire regions. This is possible. This is possible. This is about the fame and the glory of Jesus Christ. This is about His reputation in the earth, not mine. We're not out to spread the name of victory, a church of His presence. We're out to spread the name and the fame of the Lord Jesus Christ and point people to His glory. We are here to prepare the way and host His presence so that His glory can become so tangible and so thick amongst us that people start having encounters, real encounters of salvation and deliverance and healing. Real healing. It's here. It's here. Let that, come on, grab a hold of it. It's here. Say it tonight. It's here. Would you stand to your feet tonight? I've got one more scripture for you. And it's found in Matthew chapter 25. And I want to end with this. Because what I'm desiring is that God would find us faithful. Do you want God to find you faithful? I want to ask you again. Do you want God to find you faithful? The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful at a few things, so now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. God hasn't called Brian Gibbs, my wife and I, Bren Gibbs, God hasn't called us to be famous. God has called us to be faithful. God hasn't called Victory Church of His Presence to be famous. He's called us to be faithful. And when the king comes, he'll say to us, good job. Well done, Cody. Well done. Well done, Sandra. Well done, Mark. Kathy. Victoria. Well done good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with little. Now I'm going to make you faithful with much. Come on and enter into my happiness. Enter into my joy. Enter into my joy. Someone came to me last night. I want our altar team to just begin to prepare yourselves, and you know what that means. That means breath mints. Hallelujah. We need the anointing and good breath. Somebody came to me in the prayer meeting last night, and they, they shared with me that a friend of theirs had, had had a word for me. I won't share the details of it, but one of the portions is as they were praying for me, they saw me in immeasurable joy. I was just overwhelmed and overcome with joy. Man, that's where I want to live. 
You know what? I believe that joy is in the harvest. The joy is seeing the transformation of lives. That's where it's at. It's getting down in the messy. It's getting down in the messy. It's getting down in the nitty gritty. It's getting down where it's uncomfortable. It's getting down in the places where we got to be adaptable and flexible to the Holy Spirit. And we begin to participate and cooperate with the Holy Ghost. That's where he wants to take you. That's where he wants to take you. Cody, would you come? Father, Father, we thank you tonight that your Holy Spirit has been resting on this place. And those of you online tonight, I just incorporate you into this prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit has been hovering. The Holy Spirit has been resting. The Holy Spirit has been speaking. Holy Spirit has been imparting truth and revelation wisdom tonight. Tonight, Lord, we thank you that you have invited us into the harvest of the ages. We're going to enter into it, Lord. We say, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, send me. Take a hand. Take a hand and lift it if you would. Father, we pray that your spirit would rest upon us in such a way, God, that you would, you would so increase your glory upon us. We are so thankful for what you are doing amongst us. We are so grateful, God, and we give you the glory. We will not touch the glory. The glory is yours. The glory is yours. The honor is yours, King Jesus. We are so grateful for what you are doing amongst us, God. But we know that there's so much more. There's so much more. Holy Spirit, impart the dream of our Father for the city, for the region. Impart the dream of the Father for the city, for the region. God, may this be a tribe of mighty soul winners. Mighty soul winners. God, wise, wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Sheep amongst wolves. Powerful, yet mighty lions. Oh, mighty lions. Roaring your gospel. I say in Jesus' name, more fire. More fire. More fire. More fire upon you from the Holy Spirit. More glory upon you. More fire, more glory. I pray, Lord, that you would usher us into greater encounters with you. Lord, you did it for Evan Roberts. You're no respecter of persons. I pray that you would do it for this tribe. I pray that you would do it for this tribe, for Shane, for Janique. Hallelujah. For this tribe, for Cecil, for Maggie, for this tribe, for this tribe, for Michael, for Donna, this tribe, Lord. Give us encounters for David, for Cindy, for Tina. Mighty encounters of the Holy Ghost. Mighty encounters in the secret place. That we would come out glowing, radiant, radiant with the glory 
radiant with the glory, burning with the Word of God like fire in our bellies and tears in our eyes. Fire in our belly, tears in our eyes, compassion in our heart. In Jesus' name. Oh, I bless you tonight, my friend. I bless you, brother. I bless you, sister. I speak fire upon you. Say this tonight, I am consecrated unto the Lord. I'm His chosen vessel. I'm set apart. I'm holy unto the Lord. I'm called. I'm anointed. And I'm powerful in God. <laughs> Come on, give Him praise tonight. Come on! I'm air drumming. Praise the Lord. I want our, our altar team to come. Hallelujah. Our prayer team to come. Mark and Kathy, I'm overjoyed you're here tonight. Truly. Love you so much. This couple is so important to this house. They, they are. They're so important to this house. love you give you honor shame why don't you we got the parting of the red sea right here let's let's bring it together there we are let's there we are let's bring it put it together yeah praise the lord praise the lord father let there be fire in this altar tonight let there be fire lord when they lay hands upon people as they speak words of life into people lord may there be miracles in the house May there be fire in the house, fire in the house, revelation, wisdom in the house. If you need prayer for anything tonight, we want to open the altars. If you need prayer for anything tonight, this team is ready to pray for you. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit will move tonight. We bless you guys. We love you. It's been a powerful night, really powerful night. If you need prayer for anything, we're not in a hurry. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.